Sprites of full energy From bed right here Cause they're my enemies Drive and like Rate and review Your own of the day Couple gets two We're gonna win the trophy When overdue Can we do the double Make it deja vu It's a move London thing Girl by the Sony on the wing Harry's one of her own Nine and in He's only got one E But let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali That's talking With the shell side With the shell side With the shell side What we see With the shell side With the shell side Hello, and welcome to the Shelf Side, your weekly Spurs podcast. Welcome to the Shelf Side podcast, episode two. How are you doing, Connor? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, Andrew. I'm good, Andrew. You know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna clock. Every episode, do you think we're going to remember every single time? Episode one, two, three, four. Do you reckon? Maybe uh, we will. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to write it down. Let's no. make it a thing. Make it a thing? All right. Yeah, let's, make it a thing. let's make it a thing. Okay, let's commit. I'm committed. Yeah, good, good, good. Good point, good, good. point. How you been? How's your week been? Uh, it's been busy. Work's been crazy. Um, work's been crazy. Seen um, some stuff about... Wait, you're not getting paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> you know I should I listening to my dulcet tones I should this, this voice should pay for itself but, um, yeah exactly but unfortunately not at that level yet not at that level yet. still got to have a day job but it's been crazy busy it's been crazy busy but yeah I can't complain well we have to crack on we have to crack on and give the people what they want that's it oh. that is it yeah exactly after episode one I think they want more Everyone's dying for content right now. What I'm going to say to you, though, I just want to make a point, a point on last week or last episode. After last episode, when I named Ginola as my favourite player, got a yeah. bit of stick. I was like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched a few highlights and I thought, do you know what? I was very justified in that statement. He... What I felt at the time and what I was explaining to you and everybody, anybody listening, was exactly how I remembered it. And you know, sometimes you don't remember it the same way. It was exactly the same. The guy was absolutely amazing. And what I said about him being two-footed, I found the free kick with his left foot. He did that. And in a highlight reel, I had him taking a free kick with his left foot, putting it top bin, and then taking a penalty with his right foot. So oh, he's a penalty with his right foot. Yeah, seals the deal for me. Yeah, so I'm fully... I mean, no, 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 no. I can score a penalty with my left foot. I can't score a free kick with my left foot. Okay, so but here's the, thing. here's the thing, though. When he was on the left wing, he would cut in and dribble all right-footed if he wanted to. And when he was on the right wing, he would cut in and dribble all left-footed and shoot left-footed. And you know what? When the ball was there to be hit on his left, he bent it in. Bottom corner, top corner. When the ball was there to be hit on his right, he bent it in right bottom right, um, bottom left, or top right, get, whatever. You will get no, you will get no um, pushback from me on him being a special, special Tottenham talent. I just think that you've seen better players. I will, I've not seen better players, but like, I, feel, I feel like for what he did, like you you would have, like, they're, they're, they're better candidates to be your favourite player of all time, based on what he did. Do you see what I mean? Like, yes, he was a magician. He always made us sit up. 
Yeah, he won a trophy. Yeah. Bell never won us a trophy. Dembele never won us a trophy. I'm just saying. Just saying. No, no. I, okay, okay. Listen, I'm not gonna have any Dembele slander. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's for that. You, you, I was fine with you when you said when you said Bell. All right, cool. But for you to open your mouth and say Dembele, that's unfortunate. No, nope. <laughs> that nah. was only for the bands. That was for the bands. That was for the bands. Yeah, Can something, I just some things are beyond bands. Some things are beyond bands. I take it back. Can I take it back? Yeah, fine, fine. <laughs> I respect. I respect you less as a man, though. <laughs> Well, it happens, I guess. <laughs> it happens, it happens. Can I just say to the people, don't forget us at Shelf Pod, right? And we're everywhere on the podcast platforms. Just follow us on the, subscribe to us on all the podcast platforms, whichever one you listen to. That's it. Right. We're out there on Google Podcasts. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. There's no excuse. You can find us anywhere. And you're absolutely right about that. Perfect. And I just... We're in lockdown, right? There's no football going on. But why does our team constantly make news? And some of it is just comical. Like, social distancing is a thing. It is a real thing, two metres apart. Everybody knows it. But yet, we are training in a park in Barnet. Three players. Three players, bro. Madness. And what's what's hilarious about it is Jose, your mate, is wearing <laughs> full kit, full full training kit wanker, bro. <laughs> Purple though. He's not even being discreet. He could, have, he could have had the navy one and it could have made it like any other club, bro. He's there full purple. Anyway, he's trying to get fired with me. He's trying to get fired and get his and get his um and get his, his money. Yeah, severance and duck out. That's what he's trying to do. 100%. But that's hilarious. hundred percent. What did you make of not the training in the park per se, social distancing, but the fact that we are social distancing, there is a, a real life crisis going on, pandemic, and there was the need to train. I'm not so worried about Sessegnon and Sanchez, but Dombele, the fact that we he was training, making a point of training Dombele. Do you know what I think people, one thing that I think people need to realise is, for me, that's the clearest sign that the the men is not trying to they're not trying to freeze them out. Like they clearly want to build something around him, hundred percent. And if that means doing extra drills or whatever, then do it. Like that ultimately that's what I'm saying to me. Because if it was the thing where people were being trained even in a lockdown, even in social distancing, and and the melee wasn't um wasn't being considered, wasn't being paid attention to when they when we know that on paper. Well, not even on paper, but from what we've seen in recent times, he is the most unfit player we have. Then I'll be thinking to myself, well, he's given up on him then. And to be honest, with the flashes of brilliance we've seen and the amount we spent on him, it's too early to be given up on anything. So I'm okay. If we are going to be caught doing that nonsense, for that person, for the, for the player to be that, for the player in question to be in the, in the melee is better for me than not. That's my I, I 100% agree. Uh, I, I definitely agree with that point. The only two things I would say on that point then is that's what we're doing, focusing on Dumbele. But the fact that we're doing it in a period of lockdown, does that prove, A, how unfit this man must be, and B, the lack of trust they have in him managing his own fitness. 
Uh, that's that's a very that's a very very good point. Like like players players having to man to manage their own fitness is cool when it's like when they've already got themselves to the level of a Premier League football should be. Because then it's about maintaining, right? Yes. Uh, and then really hasn't got to that level, so it's not about maintaining. It's about getting to that level in the first place, and that's what the biggest the bigger challenge is. We haven't got him to a place where he can be deemed a fit Premier League player. That's the madness. Yeah. And if if he had got to that stage, I don't think he would be the, he'd be one of the guys in the park. But ultimately, he hasn't done that. So therefore, they've got to do this. Listen, it doesn't look good for Tottenham for so many reasons, right? It doesn't look good from a from a an ethical point of view that everyone else is staying in for the good of everyone else in the NHS and Tottenham are doing it. They are whether they like it or not. They are all of those guys involved are role models. Um, they didn't. They may not have liked. They may not have wanted to become role models. You can argue about footballers being role models to the cows come from, but ultimately, they are in a position where their behaviour. Everyone's looking. It's their behaviour, their choices are scrutinised, and everyone knows that. So to do what they did was very ignorant and stupid. But I'm not here to to bang on about that because you know there's nothing there's nothing new to be said there. What 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 can be said? is the implications it has for one of our very key squad members. That's the thing for me. Like he this is a good this is a good sign that at least in that time that Mourinho is spending with him, it means that some kind of relationship exists. And we all know for Mourinho, if if your relationship with Mourinho is over, it's over. And Mourinho has managed great man and management with a lot of players, right? What he did at Chelsea, what he did with some people at Madrid. Well, he definitely did at Inter Milan. Like, yeah, there have been some yeah. great examples of man management, right? But then also, there are, players, there are players who he just couldn't seem to get the best out of. And other managers have shown that actually this person is special, right? That's just the truth. He wasn't, he wasn't able to do anything with Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne might go down as one of the top, mid, top five midfielders to ever play in the Premiership. He's already, he's already in there for me. To ever play in the Premiership? I think so. I'm telling you. I think yeah, he's a. You know what? To be honest, there's, there's definitely an argument for that. There's definitely an argument for that. I don't think I don't think I would regret anyone who said that. 100. There's another pod. It's another pod. It's another pod for sure. But like, in terms of right now, if you put if you had to put together a top ten a top ten list of um of midfielders, he's on it, right? And he was surrounded by great players. He was surrounded by great players at, um, at Chelsea, and they. They farmed him out. If Mourinho had decided that Ndombele wasn't like, wasn't his future wasn't Tottenham, I don't think he'd be doing those extra drills. And we watch Ndombele, we we um, we watch him go to like, I don't know, it's like he could be easily signed for like, like any of the top ten. Even, okay, even if he was to go to Leipzig, I don't think Leipzig are actually a bigger club than Tottenham. But based no. on what they're doing right now, I completely agree with you, right? So if he went to Leipzig, he could easily go to Leipzig, win win the German league. And be feature and feature regularly in um, Champions League um, quarterfinals, and you know, become a special yeah. player that we believe he yeah, should 100%, be. hundred percent. So for us, the most important thing for us when it comes to the ballet and um, and Mourinho is about making sure that we know that a relationship exists there, and that's my key takeout from this. Like we all know that there's. The social distancing stuff is stupid. We all know that they shouldn't have been there. We all know that they were so stupid to be out there full time. Get all of that stuff. We need, we're not being stupid. You know that? There's no point in discussing that. But for me, the key thing is learning. All right. Well, this this guy has a future. 
And we need players like that to have a future. Because we all know, like, the melee is very different to Dembele, right? But when, when, um, when Nabele was on song, we were basically unbeatable. And Nabele can also be the same kind of player. Because the way he the way he controls the ball and the way he rolls off players means that he can provide that kind that same kind of dominance in the midfield. And we've been missing that. So for me, it's so important to make sure that a relationship is, exists and is healthy. I agree. I agree. And that brings me on to another point. So I think in and around that time, and it's a good segue, we had the talk of director of football. And the reason I think it's a good point is because we spoke of Don Bele if he went to a Leipzig, for example, and I specifically mentioned Leipzig because they obviously have a way of nurturing and developing young, raw talent. Well, they've got, um, they've got our old head of scouting, really. Exactly. You see where I was going with it. So... Mr. Paul Mitchell, and Paul Mitchell has been described as a footballing director, although I don't think he was at Tottenham actually no, he wasn't. a director. I think he was more head of recruitment. He was head but, of recruitment. Yeah, but it has been mentioned him as being a director of football. But my point there is nurturing of talent, raw talent. Does Mourinho want to do that? Is a director of football a good thing at Spurs with Mourinho at the helm? Well, this is the problem, right? I think that the director of football thing is a good thing. When it works well, it's a, it's a fantastic um, thing to have. right? And it's, I know it's easy to say that about everything. When it works well, then it's great. But the fact of the matter is, you have a coach. He's focused on getting the best out of the players and the tactics and stuff. Who can, who can implement and influence what happens in the transfer market. But ultimately, his job is to ensure that those who are he picks who plays on the pitch and gets the best out of them. If this new Mourinho that he's tried to convince us that he is, is for real, then it's a great setup for him. Because Tottenham have tried, but never committed fully to having a director of football, right? So we had well, Daniel Comoli. I think we, we had, had a period. We had a period of time, but we kept on, we kept, every time we do it, it's like what it's like what Levy does with managers, right? He he has a manager, and then he has the the complete opposite. Like so, first it will be about first it will be about the way we play and and sexy tactics and all this kind of stuff, and they'll have like someone who's who's um, maybe uh, a foreign coach. He's young. He's been known for his um, his interesting tactical prowess, all that kind of stuff, and then he. Then if that doesn't work out, the next person he hires is English, um, gets the best out of his his players, not really known for being tactical tactical brilliance. Like he just he just goes back and forth. Like if you look at all his if you look at all the Tottenham tires, like they all jump between being known as tactically astute um and having a certain brand of football and then going to maybe what's considered to be more of the English kind of like um yeah, do the best you can man management type situation they just kind of flip between the two of them all the time yeah i think yeah I, I agree and i think that's what's hindered the whole football of footballing director because for me a footballing director isn't just about recruitment a footballing director should be the continuity that exists at your club um regardless of managers Right. So you as a footballing director, you set out 
the way in which you want players to develop, the style of football the club should be playing, and you are growing talent internally to fulfil that belief, that structure, that essence, and desire, whatever it be, physical, mental, ability that you want that player or those players to have. And you also recruit players of that ilk, right? That's yeah. what, for me, a footballing director should be. Now, I don't think the footballing directors we've had have had that remit, and that may be Levy's fault, but we've had, before Damien Camoli, we had Arneson. And this is where I say I, f- I felt like he tried to commit to it, but we had Arneson. I think he got headhunted by Chelsea. I think Arneson made some good recruitment. Uh, I think probably responsible for Lennon, Huddlestone, Rose and Bell. I think that was his time frame yeah. again. Correct me if I'm wrong. You had Camoli, who followed after Arneson left and was responsible for the likes of, I think, Modric, Asuakoto, Gomez, Bentley, maybe not mention that one, Koluka and Berbatov. Some good players in there, right? But then, but then didn't we... We had the foreign managers. I think this is back to your point where you had Ramos's come in, go, and then Harry came in, and Harry didn't want to work under a director of football, being more man-manager than the whole tactical and that foreign style. And then I think we scrapped it. And then this is why we had that law and Paul Mitchell kind of doing the recruitment. But that whole style of football, I guess there's a Tottenham way, but the whole bit like Arsene Wenger did at Arsenal, but more so what they do at Barcelona, what Cruyff has done, Ajax, Barcelona, that kind of model where the youth team, regardless of what age you play, you play in the same way, formation, style, that the first team play. And that's what so, I think. So for you, for you're saying it's not, for it's not only just management of... of um... It's not transfer. just management or transfer, but it's the creation of an identity and culture of the club, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and and yeah, I, so and I, I spent about sorry five minutes explaining that, and you just summarise it in three words. Yeah, but. <laughs> 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 but what you're saying is right. So if the if the job is bigger, which I which I agree with you, yeah, the job is bigger. Um, I think that Mourinho needs to know that he 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 ultimately. He knows he's a short-term manager. He knows. He's not stupid. He knows he's a short-term manager. And he knows in that time, he, he wants to just short-term, he wants to have impact, right? So if if you know that's the case, as Daniel Levy, you should be saying to yourself, right, okay, well, in that case, you tell me what you need. I'll make sure that it's, it's put in place so that by the time by the time we need to, I don't know, by the time you need to go or whatnot, we have the players in place to continue the identity and style, right? Yeah. So I think that when, we, when we're thinking about now having a... a director of football, the reason I think it's even more important now is because it's so hard in the transfer market now to get what you want. You can't just say, oh, I want this kind of player and they expect that kind of player to be what you get. Like, the chances are, especially now, because we're Tottenham, the amount of people who are going to be after the players we want is, are huge. Right? Yeah. So before, we used to be a time where we used to compete with players, like we used to compete with clubs like Everton for players. Now we're competing with Man United, um, Chelsea, like, that's where we are right now. So, I think the reason that a director of football is important is because sometimes looking at someone's stats, understanding the role they play in their, in their club and thinking about this, 
putting it, breaking it down to numbers and saying, look, if you want someone who's going to recover the ball, if you're going to like, like you need a director of football to do that kind of stuff because no man, no manager is doing that. No manager is doing that because they just no. don't have the time. But they run the football club. So my thing is, give someone else the keys. Give someone else that situation so they can build an identity beyond what whichever manager is in place. Because whether you whether it's Pochettino, Mourinho, or whoever, right? A ball winner is a ball winner. And if you find one that's a good, a good, good value for money, has got previous stats in doing so, um, you can't really go wrong. And I think you only get that when you have a director of football. Like when you have a manager, they're trying to build something that works in their image. If you're trying to build something that's going to last beyond the manager, you have to go for with a director of football. And the fact is that you know that Mourinho is not going to be around long term means that you have to go for a director of football. You have to. If it was a Pochettino, I don't think having a, a director of football is that important because he's someone who clearly believes in building a culture. He clearly believes in long-term projects, etc. It's very different. Whereas but, Mourinho has shown that he's not that guy. And he's okay yeah. with it. He's okay I, with not being that guy. I think Poch did have a good relationship with Paul Mitchell for the time that they had together. And, I mean, Paul Mitchell would be great at Spurs now. He's proven he proved himself here, he proved himself at Southampton, and he proved himself, was proving himself at Leipzig. Uh, we big, need big to way. find... Say in that. Big way. I said in the, yeah. he's doing that in a big, big way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And the guy who has been mentioned in terms of director of football, whether we can get him or not, does have Campos? a relationship. Yes. Yeah. Has I, I, think, I think he's got a great, he's got a great track record. He's got a great track record. He's done it. At, he's done it at big clubs. Monaco. He did. He did a good job at Monaco. Great job, at Monaco. Like great job. If you look at look at player Thomas Lamar came through. Mbappe came through. We'll be. Um, hey, if you want to yeah. name those players that came Bro, through. When, when that team, when that team came and dismantled us in Champions League, people were like making excuses. Ultimately, that was a I, fantastic team. Yeah, they were quick. They knew they were. Problem. They were quick. They were incisive, and they were full of hungry players. Right. Yeah. We, like if if he can even replicate anywhere near that level of success, how can we really complain? That that's the that is the fastest way to get us back to at least where we were, Pochettino, where we were. I'm not expecting us to get to the stage um like in the next two years, three years, where we're challenging for the title. No, but if as the, an acquisition like Lewis Campbell can come through and make us relevant in the way that we have a say on who wins the title. That's huge for me. That's huge for me because I, I I can't lie to you. I don't I don't see us doing that with Pochettino or with uh, Mourinho. I don't see it happening with Mourinho. We're not having another Mourinho rant. No, we're, we're not. We're not. We're not. But I think I do think it's important to get that identity and to have him focus on building relationships with his players because we all seen that Mourinho is at his best when he has relationships with players. Do you know what I mean? Everyone talks about how he he's been able to make people like run through walls for him. That's a great asset. So you focus on doing that. Let someone else worry about transfers and that. Especially in a world where he's not going to be able to get... He's dealing with Daniel, Daniel Levy. When is he ever going to be able to get the money that he wants? Well, yeah. speak what he could do if we sold Kane. 200 mil. I don't know who's going to spend 200 mil. But if we sold Kane, if you believe the transfer rumours, I know we won't sell him to Man United, but then there could be funds there. But what did you make of the whole... Kane rumours or Kane statements before the rumours kicked in? I don't mind Kane's statements. Kane has proven that he loves Tottenham. He's a, you know, he's a Tottenham, he's a Tottenham fan. 
Um, but he's like anyone else, right? Now, for those who don't know, for those who don't know, um, Andrew is an extremely successful person at what he does, right? Well, where now, did that come from? Let bear with me. He's, he's, he, he, he's, he's very good at what he does. He works for a very reputable com- company. And the people who work with him will sing his praises. If a rival company called up Andrew and said, Andrew, we heard you do a great job. How would you come and work for us for an extra however much money a year? I am almost certain Andrew's off. Okay? I'm almost certain Andrew's off. And in that same way, Kane is like any of us, right? He's got ambition. He would love to win everything at Tottenham. But if the opportunity comes somewhere else and it's not happening at Tottenham, he's going to go. And if he's someone like, there's some players, there's some players who have said to him, oh, you know, I've got ambition. They can't be realised here, right? When we had Berbatov, Berbatov won a trophy with us, right? When we had Berbatov, yeah. we had Berbatov and you said, oh, I've got ambition to be Champions League, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, that's cool saying that, isn't it? You've got, you've got a great, you've got a great style about you. You, you make, you make amazing, amazing decisions in such a slow pace of time when you're on the pitch. But it reflects in such brilliance, right? People love it. Yeah. But ultimately, I never felt, I never felt like we won or lost games because of Berbatov. That's my opinion. Okay. Right? I thought that Berbatov was great, but I didn't ever feel that Berbatov grabbed games by the scruff of the neck and was the reason why we won. I've seen Harry Kane on occasion decide he's not losing and we don't lose. Do you know how amazing it is to have a player like that? Someone's going decide that now. It's not happening. So for me, he's given everything he has as Tottenham. If Tottenham don't surround him with the tools to move forward and win games and win trophies, he's, he's, if he wants to go, he can go. And I won't begrudge him. That's why I had, I had no hate for Bale. Because Bale single-handedly dragged us to fourth place. And then Chelsea mm-hmm. did that madness. So when he said he was going, I was like, listen, you gave us the best of you. You gave us the best of you. And if someone gave you the opportunity to go to one of the two biggest clubs in the world, to go and fulfill your ambitions, go and do it because you've given everything for us. Whereas Modric was amazing, but Modric didn't give us his best in, by the way of, like, he was great. Modric was always great. He was always a seven out of 10 or above, but he also wasn't the reason we won games. In so many, so many times, he was not the reason we won games. That's why it's different. When someone like Bale says he wants to go, someone like Kane says he wants to go, I'm like, cool. We haven't given you, we haven't given you all we could to put you over the line. We just haven't. And if you need to go and find that somewhere else, go and find that, man. I Honestly, if Carrie Kane left, I wouldn't be happy, man. I wouldn't be happy, but I'm also not going to hate him and like be one of those people who would buy his buy his kit and then set a light. That's not what I'm going to do. No, no. No better yeah. than refugees or anything nah, like that. Nah, nah. Wherever he goes, wherever he goes, I know he's um, I know he's a Tottenham fan. I know he's watching Tottenham games and I know he's cheering us on. I know that. I know that, but when it came down to it, were we able to do the get the make the most out of the time we had of him? We weren't able to. Some some teams are blessed to be able to have great players and to surround them with a winning formula in that time. Not everyone can do it, man. And we just unfortunately haven't been able to do it so far. If if tomorrow someone comes and offers two hundred million for Kane, am I selling? Um, I if I had if I had Pochettino as manager and I had and I had Luis Campos as as um, director of football. Yes, in this current situation, no, because two hundred million isn't going to be able to give you the kind of players you need with Mourinho at the helm to win. That's just true. It was a different manager, different setup, 
Maybe I will sell him for 200 mil. But this manager, this setup, it's enough. It's enough. You have to keep him. Okay. Well, speaking of transfers, money, we've got the furlough. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. I don't think we need to spend too much time on that. I think it was the right decision for the club to go back on their original decision. That takes some doing for Daniel Levy to do. Yeah. I just think we're speaking about transfers or possible transfers. I think everyone needs to realise come next season, the transfer kitty that we potentially thought we might have will not be the same. And that will probably for a lot of clubs, but definitely for us. And it's like you just got to accept it, man. It's a shame. But that's why you just have, that's why it's important now to me for all the all the scouts and stuff who have been like who are originally furloughed and stuff, like those guys this is where they need to be making their money, bro. Because we have no money to spend when you consider everyone else and our in our new stadium. So for me it's even more important that we can find some someone who can identify these players. You know, we've been linked with a bunch of that championship players. Um, I would love to see. I would love to see us get Eze in. I would love to see us get some of the other like young players we've been linked in, and try and build like a culture again. Like I would love to see that. I would love for us to because right now we've got enough players, enough older players who know what it means to play at Tottenham, and who know what who knows what it means to, to be successful at Tottenham. We have people like Ali, people like Kane, people like Odevero, people like Vertonghen. Like these are all players who we could. Who, who know enough about setting the tone and the culture at Tottenham to me that you can bring in a young a bunch of young guys and they know they're looking at the, they look around changing room they're like no nah, nah, guy knows what it is to be successful at Spurs so I'm gonna listen to when he talks. Agree. That's what we need. I hope yeah, we haven't missed the boat on Eze. I think everyone's looking at him, but then again everyone's looking at the likes of Madison. And everyone was talking about the likes of Don Bele. So they can be got. We just need to go in there and make it happen, make it happen quickly. And I know we're going to be worrying about the money because of the current situation and us as in general. But if Levy wants that player, he can make it happen. He needs to do it early, get him in, get him under the preseason, get him going. So yeah. I agree with you there with Eze. Very quickly... Some money could be coming in from the naming rights, uh, Amazon. So I am I'm very happy with that yeah. with that idea. Bro, imagine people going we're going to the Amazon Stadium. Exactly what I was thinking. We're going that to sounds, the Amazon. That sounds nice, bro. That sounds <laughs> nice. If you're going to give up, if you're going to give up the rights of your home, right, for someone, you can't be running around being called like the Emirates Stadium. That's a dead name, bro. That's a dead name. Even the Etihad's not that great, but it nah, does. Sound like the Etihad sounds, the Etihad sounds better than Emirates, but like going to the Amazon. Going to the Amazon, bro. You're coming. You need. You need to back it up. You're going to the jungle, bro. You're not going to some, some easier way, day, bro. You're coming to. There are beasts residing in that jungle, bro. That's like <laughs> that's the message you need to send out there. Yeah. And I mean, there are certain places that even even though they weren't that that impressive or whatnot, just the idea and the way people spoke about it meant that you had to you had to respect it. But do you know there's some basic places like like what do you call it? The flipping Britannia Stadium, bro. The Britannia Stadium. It's flipping stoke, but because of the way people talk about it, you think just oh no, nah, if you're going to the Britannia Stadium you're in for you're in for a rough a rough um, afternoon. 
He underpinned this when they were on song, narrow pitch, hoof, short cross, Rory Delap with the long throws. But they were, yeah. the thing is, they were still finishing like flipping 14th. But the way people talked, you would think to yourself that these people were regular Premier League challengers. They weren't. They were not. I think not, where they, not where they ever. If but you were a team difficult. with a soft centre, not mentioning any names, but if you were a team with a soft centre, you went up there on a wet Saturday afternoon, windy, you'd get turned over. They, they tried to say that about us, but we went and won their 4-0. I remember that game. It was yeah. beautiful. Harry Kane scored a couple. Uh, Dele, Dele and Kane. Scored yes, yeah. both, scored, both scored a couple goals that day. But, oh, my God. Those are good days, bro. <laughs> <laughs> reminiscing. Uh, on already. our favourite goal ever witnessed. As um, we mentioned on the previous pod, we asked some of the um, listeners to give us their views and we've got some feedback from Twitter. Uh, I, do, I hope you thought about this. I tried to think about this and it was hard. So It's very hard, man. It's very hard. It's but, very hard. But I, I think I saw some of the responses and we got some, we got some very good suggestions, man. We've got some very good suggestions. But yeah, you, you, you let's, let's go through them. Let's go through the suggestions first, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to everybody. Thank you very much for getting involved. Uh, it's interesting. I saw a piece, um, not going to mention any names, rivals, medias, but some rival media did a poll on the best ever Spurs goal. And this suggestion by Coys Coys Free on Twitter was Ricky Villa's goal. And that's all you need to say about that goal because everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, everyone knows that goal. Right. Everyone knows that goal. Yeah, okay. And it's the occasion, the goal. Yeah, it's a memory. I wasn't there, so it wouldn't have been mine because this is the goal you had to have witnessed, but he was there. And he just said, getting past more and more defenders until the goal opened up. So shout out to um, at Coys Coys Free, uh, Ricky Villa. A lot of people on Twitter were talking about Wanyama's goal. Now, there was, this is Wanyama against Liverpool, of course, there was a goal by, I, you, rem, you will remember him, um, Edmund, who scored from further out, probably like 40 yards against Liverpool at Anfield. I retweeted that on our Twitter account, compared that goal to Wanyama's, and everybody said Wanyama's was better. So that is a real fan's favourite. And shout out to Tony Kevin, um, THFC, for mentioning that one. I think also the thing about I think the thing about that goal is that is that it was that time where we 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 don't get anything at Hanford in general. Like it was very late in the game. But the impacts impact they had was mad. Because it was out, it was almost out of nowhere. He came on as a sub as well, didn't he? Yeah, correct. Yeah, he came on as a sub and it looked like the game was, was done. So um yeah. Yeah, it's up there for me. Yeah, it's up there for me. Definitely, and then you got Sigurdsson's goal. That goal, that goal, probably one of the most underrated goals in the history of the Premier League. I think so. I make you right. The turn, the turn he does before, like doesn't even look like it should be physically possible. (laughs) He flicks the ball up and turns in one motion. Like honestly, if that was Zidane, I hate these comments, but if it was Zidane, yeah, the way we'd be hearing, the way we'd be hearing about it. 
the way we'll be hearing about it because he scoops the ball and spins in one motion and then the half volley rifles it. No, 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 no. You won't see anything like that in your life. You, get, you won't. You won't. You just won't. I think a very underrated player in general, especially at Spurs, but I know yeah, we, yeah, yeah. a comparison was there. That was against Hull, for those who don't remember, and shout to Dan Walk or Dan Dan on Twitter for mentioning that one. We also had, we asked for one, but then we had Ginella and Anderton in the FA Cup game against Leeds, 1999. Um, I, if you don't remember those, have a look on your old YouTube Ginola on the volley, uh, Anderton bends it like far top corner from about 35 yards from the right-hand side. And that was from Pessimistic Yid. Uh, we also had shout for Delhi's chip against, or controlling chip against Chelsea at the bridge. And when oh, you're right. That was beautiful. And that was from Ishan Groover. So thank you for those guys. Kwabna, have you got your favourite goal witnessed live? Um, I think, I think it might be, I think it might be against Everton. I think it might be against Everton. I think we we got like twenty four passes or something ridiculous, and from the beginning, we've got like from the beginning, yeah, from part out from the back. And we just played and played and played and played and played. And then the inter- the last interchange is between Son, Ericsson and Ali. And yeah. it's like in that moment, everyone knows where the other person's gonna be. Oh yeah. It's just such it's like perfectly choreo- it's like a perfectly choreographed dance. Like everyone knew where they were supposed to be. And it's almost like without even thinking, they just it was just Perfect. It was perfect, and then the finish was just magnificent. And I thought to myself, like that that day, I rewatched it on match of the day, and they were hyping it and hyping it, but they didn't hype it to the level I thought that it deserved. And at first, I was like, "That's ridiculous." It does Barcelona. They'll be talking about for ages. But then I thought to myself, actually, that's just how far Tottenham have come. That we can score goals like that, and people are like, "You know what? That was good," and that's it. Good that, choice. That, yeah, that was it. So yeah, to me that was a fantastic goal, man. It was everything. It's everything I want Tottenham to be. It was like fast, incisive, playing out from the front to the back. Everyone gets a touch. It was an amazing finish where it's like you're not depending on Harry Kane to put it away. You can get your number ten to do it. You could have got your number eight to do it. Like there were so many people who could have finished that goal. So many, but yeah, it was that was that was a thing of beauty. How about you? Again, I would like to sit on the fence because I was no, no, trying to no, do some there's, research. There's, there's no fence in here, mate. I, I'm going to have to pick a goal, and I know I'm going to change it later on, but I struggled with this. There's been so many great goals I've seen at the lane uh, and away. I've got a couple from Kane. I've got a couple from Janela. I've got a couple from Klinsman, a couple from Defoe, Son, Bale. It was hard. And I think I'm just going to go with Kane against the enemy when he and... Yeah, he he and Delhi are running what looks like a lost cause. There's a cheeky little back hill from Delhi in there. And Kane, masked on as well, masked up, comes in from the left-hand side, cuts in, that he liked to do, and just bends it. And a lot of our great goals against Arsenal involve goalkeeping errors. Seaman, Gaza, 
Almunia twice, Bentley and Rose. This one, uh, keeper could get absolutely nowhere. I think it was Ospina could couldn't go get anywhere near it. And I was right behind that, and it was quality in the atmosphere, the enemy. It was superb. So that's the greatest goal I've seen live for Tottenham. I'm going to say the greatest goal I've seen non-Tottenham. I said in this one in there, there were two. I'm going to point out Hammers Rodriguez in the World Cup against Uruguay, chest trap turn, volley, one motion, and Kaká at that crappy stadium down the road for Brazil against Argentina when he runs pretty much three quarters the length of the field, probably touches it twice, and then just walks past the goalkeeper. So okay. that's me. Um, I think maybe the best goal I've seen, maybe the best goal I've seen, any, like, ooh, that's hard, man. I would probably say... Um, Messi against Getafe. Getafe. The chip? Was it chip? No, nah, this one was... Um, this wasn't the chip. This was... Uh, oh, six players. That one. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the Maradona-esque. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Wow, the thing of beauty, man. Like, that's when I thought to myself, I'm watching the greatest. Another pod. Another pod. 100%. 100%. Another pod. <laughs> okay. So... I missed a few. I missed a few on the Twitter. A couple shouts to Bell for Bell, um, West Ham away, and two free oh, yeah. Leon. So Frederick Payne on Twitter for the West Ham away, and Foyth Turn for the free kicks against Leon. And we've got Danny Rose against Arsenal, and Ricky Veer again for Mark Coy's Tottenham Till I Die TTID on Twitter as well. So thank thanks you. For, for, thanks for getting involved, guys. Reaching out. Um, hopefully you heard that we gave you some love we appreciate it and this week's one will be can you give us your Spurs' best captain so your favourite captain of Spurs in the Premier League era so we're not asking you to go back to Dave Mackay or sorry Danny Banflower is who I meant the best Spurs captain in the Premier League era and your best captain non-Spurs in recent time for any club or any country. So two topics there. Best Spurs captain, Premier League era, and best captain in recent time for any club or country. I okay. think it's good topics there. We'll get some good convo there and some diff- different opinions for sure. But I think that's it. We gave them an hour last week. We've given them over 40 minutes this week. What more do they want, it. mate? What more do they want? <laughs> They can't answer much more. I just, I'm going to ask something from them, and that's to follow us on Twitter at ShelfPod. Please subscribe on all your podcasting platforms, uh, whichever one you listen to, we're on all of them, and give us a five-star rating and a good written review. So it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me too. See you on episode three. All right. Thanks for listening.